are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is once again back in business, doing what we do best, and that is rookie breakdowns. We have a great trio for you today. We're also doing it a little bit differently than we used to do last year. We're not just going to lump position groupings. Uh, we may lump by school, but we're going to kind of just do a little bit of a different approach. So we're not talking wide receivers all consistently or tight ends or running backs. We don't want to bore you. We want to thrill and entertain you. So joining me, like always, we got Pork, we got my man Chev, and we got Nate Christian. And we're going to be breaking down some fantastic rookies. So let's get into it. And tonight we're going to be starting with Isaiah Spiller. Okay, so Isaiah Spiller. Sean, if you could bring up his uh, – does he have a little – there we go. Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. He's six foot one, 215 pounds. He is 20, uh, but last year 171 rushes for 1,011 yards, six touchdowns. He averaged 5.6 yards per carry, and he was projected to go in the second round of the draft. So, um, all right, who wants to start talking about Isaiah Spiller? I will do it. So it looks like nobody else would like to do that today. Okay. So, <laughs> Not everyone at once. Go ahead, Chef. Yes, yeah, so I'll start. Uh, I really do like Isaiah Spiller. I think he's an all-around back. I think he can catch the football really well, and I think he can rush the football pretty decent as well. It definitely helps to not have your tight end push five yards into the backfield every play. So uh, that would be nice for him in the, the NFL moving forward. But I think he has a skill set that is good for the NFL. I don't think he probably won't be a three down back. I think it would be nice for him to be in a little committee with somebody. Uh, that way he can use his skills in the backfield. I just don't see him being that kind of back uh, early on in his career. Uh, I think he does have some really good vision, though. I think he sees the holes, and he tries to set up his runs uh, while the defenders are trying to rush him. Uh, I think he sets them up really well and kind of cut. He does a lot of cutbacks uh, is what I saw in the in the film. Uh, one thing that I'm really worried about is the amount of times he bounces the plays. I'm not sure that's going to translate very well into the NFL. Uh, that's just one thing that I saw that I was not too thrilled about, so – Moving forward, hopefully he's more of a downhill back that uh, he does have some shiftiness, but I don't want to see him bouncing it almost every single play. So that would be nice to see in the NFL. But I like I like what he did. I think he did exactly what he needed to do. He's not a great blocker. He puts his helmet in there, but he's not somebody that's going to just absolutely wow you in that kind of the aspect of the game. But um, I like the ability to catch in from the backfield. I think that's going to translate well to the NFL. Okay. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's not the best blocker, but he's willing to do it. And I think that does say something. Who would like to go next about Isaiah? Yeah, I'll go next. I mean, I, I feel as though Isaiah Spiller has a little bit of the potential to be a three-down back because um, of his as a receiving work. The only problem is, you know, as Chef says, the blocking. But seeing that he's willing, I feel as though he's, he can learn to do that. Um, at 6'1", 215, we don't see a lot of – 
big running backs coming out that has really good feet. This guy kind of kind of slow a little bit reminds me of, of Le'Veon Bell. I don't want to throw you know the crazy comps out there. Nope, but, it's comp now. You heard it here first. He's the next <laughs> Le'Veon Bell, everybody. So thank you, Porkman. Proceed. But it, it, I see only see reason I see a, le, a lot of Le'Veon Bell because I, I love his patience when he's in the backfield. He lets some of his blocks actually come together. So he's not just running in the back of his offensive lineman and back of his tight end who gets blown up every play. But it's just like it's a lot of stuff that I see there that, you know, he has a short burstiness not, not a lot of long speed, but I think a lot of people talk about the long speed too much and they get too involved into it that you only need that, that short five to 10 yard shuttle that you need from these running backs to get those first downs. You don't need 40 yards unless you're a CJ 2k and, you know, running fast as hell with patience. But a guy like this, I think if he goes to a really good landing spot, the moon, the moon is for this guy. From for me personally, uh, first round rookie pick for me, maybe like top six to eight for me at this point. Um, especially twenty year old running back, I definitely take that. So yeah, this this guy, this guy to me is a is a bona fide stud. Yeah, I agree. And he's actually he's pushing to be my running back one right now. Nate, you have thoughts on Isaiah? Yeah, yeah, I think. Spiller is a good running back prospect. He's currently my RB3, but I think he lacks, you know, an elite skill at the position. And I think that's what, you know, keeps him below that top tier for me is that his athleticism, his ability as a runner, patience and vision, they're just not at an elite level for a prospect. And, you know, I think that he does all those things well and above average, but I don't think he does anything those things at like a top pro bowl, all pro kind of level. And, you know, the receiving ability is good. I think he offers, you know, that three down workhorse potential because of his receiving ability, but, you know, he's more than just a receiving back, but I don't think he's quite a top lead back for a team. He's somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. And I think he's a player that I've actually, I'm comping a little bit to like Joe Mixon, not only just in play style, but, also in as a fantasy asset if he doesn't if isaiah doesn't go somewhere with volume i don't see him being a super efficient running back like a jk dobbins who with low volume is still going to get you great fantasy performances i think isaiah spiller is more of a joe mixon kind of guy where you know as long as he has the volume there he's going to give you a high upside on weeks Mm -hmm. with touchdowns and receiving but on a consistency basis and depending on landing spot you know isaiah spiller might not be somebody that you want to spend a top five pick on in your rookie draft couple things I want to touch on. One landing spot, obviously, always very important for all of these prospects because, you know, as our, our former co-host, Garrett Price, used to say, it's always talent over opportunity. And I would my rebuttal is you can't show your talent without opportunity. So landing spot is very important. And, you know, one of our YouTube commenters said, uh, you know, what are you guys talking about? You're all on a different page. One guy sees this, one guy sees that. Yeah, we all see things through a different lens. And personally, I think that's what makes – this podcast great is we're not all in agreement you know we're not an echo chamber at the dynasty rewind i encourage everyone here to have their own opinions and i think that makes us a better podcast because of it we also don't always watch all the same cut-ups and i think it gives us a different perspective because then you know bob can tell me behind the scenes to tell me to go watch Kyron williams blocking a little bit more which i promise i will do but I've been uh, gushing over Jerry on Ely. Um, so I just wanted to just reach out and say that. I can't remember who said that, but 
Yeah, we see you and we thank you for watching. Um, touching on Isaiah Spiller, Nate, here we go. I disagree with you. I actually think he's a surefire three down back. And again, that's why he's pushing for my running back one right now. It's also January 18th, 2022. So it's early in the process. Just like the guy that told me I was an idiot for having Kylan Hill at running back three last year when I specifically said I have scouted three running backs and he is my running back three. Take everything I say with a grain of salt here. Um, one thing I like about is, is, well, I like a lot of things. He lines up in multiple spots. I saw him lined up at fullback and blocking downfield. Um, so, Chev, I understand what you're saying. He's not the best backfield blocker, but he's out there as a fullback mowing linebackers down, which is pretty impressive. You know, he's lead blocking for another. Uh, Anaya Smith, I think the guy's name is, the other running back from Texas A&M. Nate, do you know if he declared? Um, Anaya Smith went back. Anaya Smith is more actually of a wide receiver now. The other running back at Texas A&M is really killing is uh, Devin Cheney. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, size-wise, it's hard to find a size-speed combo like Isaiah Spiller very often. Uh, good vision, good patience. Not overly powerful, but he knows how and when to use it. His legs are always pumping. Um, his elusiveness, I think, is best at the second level against linebackers and defensive backs. Doesn't go down easy. He is more than a screen receiver. He lines up at wide receiver and fullback, effective at all levels. Um, Chev, like we talked about it before, average blocker at best, but willing to do it. And I think yeah. that would um, that would be something that he could work on at the next level. And great burst and stop start ability. So my grade for him, I actually have him graded out as a 6.91, which is good starter, borderline pro bowler. And my ideal fit for him is actually the Buffalo Bills. So, and uh, it's one of those things you say, if he could be part of a one, two punch him and Devin Singletary and Josh Allen in the backfield. There you go. And I'm also hoping that the bills are picking a 32. So <laughs> draft him at 32 and you get his fifth year option. There you go. So, uh, no. so Mike, I know you mentioned your grade. It was a 6.91. You said, yes. So I'll, I'll just let you know that my grade for Isaiah Spiller is, Right on the dot, 6.0. Okay. So we're still in the good starter range. Yeah. Is where Very we different sides of the range, but yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're both in that range. So um, also, I just want to let everyone know that uh, there are soft chocolate chip cookies for sale. Please contact Rewind Intern on Twitter, and he will set you up. So let us move on. But before we do, I just want to say, do you love drafting? Do you wish you could redraft each week within the season? If so, it's time to check out underdog fantasy, the best ball platform season long drafts for the 2022 season are now open. Along with that, there's still weekly drafts and pickums for every game support the dynasty rewind team and join us on underdog fantasy by using promo code rewind all caps, all one word. When you make your first deposit and you'll get a 100% deposit match up to hundred dollars, Deposit 100, get 100, more to play with, boom. Link is in the description. We'll see you there. Question, you know how we do the rookie-only league? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be cool if Underdog did a rookie-only best ball? That would be cool. I yeah. should reach out That'd to the fun. Mac Attack and tell him that. Sign up now. Use the promo code Rewind. You're going to get $100. Do it now before they get rid of the promo, even if you don't plan on drafting now. The money doesn't come out of your account. It stays in there until you use it. Get in there. Do it up. All right, so let's move on to our next prospect, and that is Sky Moore. So you are going to be hearing a lot about Sky Moore if you follow the Dynasty Rewind, and especially if you follow Matty Big Chest. Sky Moore is a wide receiver from Western Michigan. He's 5'10", 195 pounds, 21 years old. 
He was a three-star recruit, 95 catches, 1,292 yards, 10 touchdowns. He averaged 13.6 yards per reception in his 2021 season. And his projected draft capital is a fourth-round draft pick. And again, all of these projected draft capitals are from uh, NFL Mock Draft Database. Dot com. Okay, so should we play? I had Maddie do a video. Should we play his first or do it like yeah. halfway between? We're gonna play his first. All right, great. Yeah. So let's bring Maddie up. And here we go. Let's hear from Maddie Big Chest talking about his man crush of the year. This is his this year's Nico Collins. Here's Maddie talking about Sky. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, Maddie Big Chest here. And we are talking today about Sky Moore. My wide receiver five, baby. He is good you know this guy comes out of western michigan he's 5'10 but he plays bigger than that you know uh shout out to at c williams nfl on twitter he gave me a comp of odell beckham jr and i like that one so i'm gonna run with that one uh you know he plays like that too he has a lot of nice deep shots to him he brings all three levels of the field intermediate short and deep he runs it all he is a very nice route runner um breaks off well good releases um good hands he has strong hands but they're soft so, you know, if he gets a nice uh, pass his way, he's going to catch it. Even if there's a, a defender there, he's usually going to catch it, man. 1,283 receiving yards, 10 total touchdowns his senior year. And in the COVID year, he had three touchdowns, 388 yards receiving. And then his freshman season, he had 804 yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns total. Dominance right there. That's going to be a good dominator rating, you know, breakout, uh, breakout age right there gonna like that so he had 94 receptions his senior year that's a lot for 12 games played so i like sky Moore a lot you know i think he can be used in the backfield as well he wears number 24 so maybe he should have been used a little more as a backfield threat because you know he played quarterback in high school so he broke uh a record for setting back-to-back years with 1,000 yards passing 1,000 yards rushing he wasn't really recruited because he was a quarterback he got the chance at western michigan he switched to wide receiver he came in he played right away if you can see 13 games played 51 receptions 802 yards i don't think chris olave has like that he that's like his top season at, at ohio state so looking at sky Moore, he's uber productive 1283 yards receiving 10 touchdowns i'll take that to the bank baby I am in on Sky Moore. He is going to be one of my 201s, uh, 202. You know, I might have to take him late first at this point. He is blowing up on Twitter. So I hope you guys uh, are able to catch some Sky Moore tape. He is fun to watch. I got to see him in person. Uh, he played Eastern Michigan. I mean, he torched us. He had 166 yards by the time I had left. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys have a good one. All right, so that is Matty Big Chess talking about his man crush of the 2022 draft season, Sky Moore. And I'll tell you what, I, I took Maddie's advice. I drafted a lot of Nico Collins last year. He was hurt a little bit in the Texans or shit show, just to be fair. So hopefully he, he came on later in the season. So hopefully he pans out in the future. Chev, do you want to start off talking about Sky? You started off with Isaiah. So start with you on this one. Perfect. Yeah, I, I love him, man. I think he's shifty. He's really quick, man. I love how hard he actually plays the game of football, too. Mm-hmm. There's not one play that I saw where he just. He just dogged it. Every single play, he gave it his best, whether he was blocking, whether he was running, or whether he was just running a route that meant nothing to the play. So that's something that really excites me, especially for his size. I mean, he's got to definitely 
play the slot a little bit more, I'm guessing. He's not going to be an outside threat or a 50-50 ball that you're looking for. But he's going to be one of those guys that I think third down, his quarterback's going to be looking for because he's a slippery guy that can get open really quick. So I love Sky Moore. I think he's a, a good prospect. I'm not sure how NFL GMs are going to look at his stats compared to what maybe Chris Olave was, like Maddie was talking about, just because he played at Western Michigan. But I think he definitely has potential to be a sleeper this season. Uh, I'm not sure I'm drafting him 201, but I think I'd definitely be up there at some point. All right, I agree with, with a lot of that. Pork, how about yourself? Yeah, pretty much Chef said everything I was going to say. I mean, this guy literally plays with his whole heart, this whole every single game. Um, but the one thing I'm gonna just let Chef keep what he said. But the one thing that he didn't say about Sky is his release off the line is freaking ridiculous. Um, all his slants, he's open every single time, even if he's running double moves and it's playing him playing at 5'10, 195. For him to be have that explosiveness to jump up and, and catch the ball over some of those corners was, was kind of remarkable. My only down thing is is that he did play in the Mac, and it, that's the only thing that scares me off a little bit. Um, but I mean, I, I think with Sky, I think I'm gonna trust my eyes a little bit. Like again, I don't really see the OBJ right now, but I see like a quick shifty receiver, like a like a, a Jameson Crowder or a Hunter Renfro type of guy that's going to give you those fancy points that we're looking for. You know, Chev, you know, pounded the table on, you know, trying to get these guys that get those short intermediate routes because you'll get those quick .5 or quick one point, uh, you know, PPR points and fancy things like that. So this guy, I think he's going to shoot up draft boards. 201, for me, it might be a little bit steep, but, you know, after he goes to the combine and, and performs there and, you know, looks well, his stock is going to just shoot up. So, you know, Maddie said on Twitter, Twitter's going ham on him now. So, you know, once Twitter goes ham and then Combine, he goes nuts, hey, he, he might be at that 201 at that time. You never know. A couple things. Let's keep in mind the NFL does not give a shit about your fantasy team, and it's up to us to react accordingly. Right. And secondly, this is guys like Sky Moore are a reason why I like doing rookie drafts after the NFL draft because I really feel like, um, landing spot's going to be really really dependent for him you want to know what my my comp for sky Moore is dwayne eskridge i see a lot of the same game in sky mm-hmm. Moore that i saw in dwayne eskridge and they played together at western michigan hey you know what who's the wide receiver coach at western michigan seriously i mean he the fact of the matter is he is coaching these guys up really good because i like both of them and Dwayne Eskridge could end up being something. Maybe if Seattle throws the ball a little bit more, we're not talking about him right now. The, Sky Moore is explosive. I love him a lot. Really shifty, good wiggle to get open. Like he doesn't just use speed to get open. He just kind of wiggles and mm-hmm. gets away from defenders. Um, solid hands, sharp routes, except I spelled sharp wrong. It's shard. Um, <laughs> Contested catch is not too excited, Mike. Not gonna be his strong suit here. You know, he's gonna be a guy, he's gonna have to get open because I don't think he's as physical as he is, he's not physical enough to wrestle the ball away consistently Mm -hmm. from NFL Pro Bowl cornerbacks. Not yet. He could be at some point in time. Um great breakaway player doesn't go down after initial contact he's extremely and willing and capable blocker and again this is why my comp to him is Dwayne Eskridge because there's a couple plays I remember last year 
Dwayne Eskridge downfield murdering defensive backs on a screenplay. I see Sky Moore doing similar things. My film grade on him, I have him at 5.56, which is serviceable. And that's just as a prospect. I feel like he's a guy that will continue to develop as an NFL player. So that's his film grade right now. In five years, we could be talking that this guy is like being a startup pick in the top 10 rounds of a startup draft. Realistically, maybe even higher. So um, that are, those are my thoughts on Sky Moore. And Nate has a smirk on his face. So he's either going to tell me I'm right or I'm stupid. Nate, what do you got? Yeah, so I actually asked to go last because I thought you guys were going to gush over him like like Maddie has and call him a top five wide receiver in the draft class. But I'm glad to hear that you have it um, because, you know, I was thinking earlier while I was watching the film, there's more Hunter Renfro to this guy than Steve Smith. Yep. And there's more Jacoby Myers to this guy than Elijah Moore. Um, I just don't see that upside. Number one, I don't think he's – as athletic as we kind of hope he's going to be. Um, he has great burst. He has great lateral ability, stays up, you know, great balance. But long speed, I don't think is really there. I don't think the long speed is there to constantly test the defense, get behind safeties. Also, his route running is very impressive. You know, he's, he's got those quick feet. He, he uses his head well. Um, but he doesn't create as much separation as you expect with how flashy his route running is. His route running is great. I don't see anything wrong with it. But at the end of his routes, he's just not creating the separation that you would expect to see with someone with such good route running. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's definitely not easy to cover. I mean, the corner's working hard, but the corner was always right there behind him. Um, the separation, he just wasn't getting those three, four yards of separation that, you know, you look at the best route runners and that's what they do. And – if he was playing for like Alabama, then that's fine. That's one thing, but he's playing the Mac. I expect him to just roast those corners. He's not doing that. And then the, like Corkman said, the release is great. He attacked his corners, but then after the catch, you know, he's strong. He fights with 110%. There's definitely not like a dog in him, mm-hmm. but he's a little bit limited by his frame and athleticism. And just, I don't see the huge upside with this guy. I mean, if he goes to a good landing spot, yeah, you get like a, you know, a good PPR slot target, maybe um, kind of in that Renfro Jacoby Myers role. But I think that's really a ceiling. I don't really see the whole Elijah Moore, Tyler Lockett kind of thing going on with the explosiveness and ability to get down the field. So I'm sorry. I, I still, I still like this guy. I mean, I might have him on a couple teams if, if he drops, but if Twitter's all over him, I'm going to be totally out on Sky Moore. Yeah, Sorry. and realistically, if Twitter's all over him, he's going to get over uh, drafted. You're not going to want to pay the price to get him. You could find another prospect, you know, take a shot on somebody else. So I completely understand where you're coming from, and it'll probably be the same way. And I'm sure if I'm in a league with Maddie, there's no way I'm going to have this guy no at all. No also, shot. if you are in a league with Maddie and you have DeAndre Swift, make sure that you go to him first if you want to move DeAndre, because I guarantee <laughs> he will. Pay up. So I'm sure he already has all the shares. I'm back. Yeah, I think he has like 93. <laughs> percent That's wild. I think if, if the seven percent of leagues that he didn't have him, he just left the league because he didn't want to bother trying to get him. Um, so before we go to our last prospect, I just want to ask you all out there that are listening or watching, are you looking for a new way to play Dynasty? A way to go deeper than just drafting, trading, and setting lineups. If that's true, it's time to check out dynastyowner.com. 
DynastyHunter.com is the new and improved way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football at its deepest level, featuring new challenges like managing a salary cap and navigating player contracts, as well as setting your lineups. Sure, rookies are of value now, but what about in the future? Build your dynasty around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes. New leagues are now forming, and it's time to own your dynasty at DynastyHunter.com. Let them know the Dynasty Rewind sent you by using the code Rewind. Link will be in the description. And Nate, I believe I saw you say somebody dropped Juju Smith-Schuster in one of your leagues. Is that what you want to talk about? Well, that is true. I actually did say that day on Twitter uh, a couple of weeks ago. Someone did drop Juju. You know, he's on a eight million dollar contract, and he's in his contract year, so maybe he you know gets more money next year. And I guess they were trying to make some moves and need to make some cap space. Juju's a big cut. Um, but that was the easiest pickup of my life because I had that salary cap space. I drafted a team with probably like the third most cap space after the startup draft. And now I'm near the top, but you know, that, that room that I had after the startup draft allowed me to make some trades. I was able to acquire Tyreek Hill and, and Juju off waivers. So I was able to take those big contracts. Home. I actually also wanted to mention, I made a trade today in my dynasty owner league. So I'm the reigning champ, you know, when you, when you win, you get a hundred million dynasty dollars, which just throwing it up in the air. Like I don't care anymore. Cause I used to have 10 and they were like super valuable. Mm-hmm. So I sent over this guy. He's like uh, the bottom team. He has the one-on-one this year. I sent a Miles Sanders, Rashad Penny, Gerald Everett and T Higgins and 15 million dynasty dollars. And I received Devonte Parker, JK Dobbins, Devonta Smith in the 301. I like that. I got I rid of – I was sent this trade originally. We counted a couple of times. But I got rid of Sanders, Penny, and Everett to get Dobbins, basically. And then I traded T. Higgins and some Dynasty dollars from Fab for Devonta Smith, the 301, and Devonte Parker. I don't hate it. I'm fine with that. I love it. I don't, I love I don't it. hate it. I love it. That trade that that trade's, it's awesome. It's I mean, especially would, good for your, your salary as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred to keep T. Higgins, but um, I understand. It was hard to move T. Higgins, but this is a team yeah, that I have a ton of wide receiver depth. I have A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill, and then I got a bunch of other young and upcoming wide receivers. And I have a running back, Jonathan Taylor, and then Damian Harris, and then Rashad Penny. And nothing after that. And I have Sanders on IR. So – uh, getting J.K. Dobbins to pay with Taylor really completes my team to be strong everywhere. I love it. I like the way you operate. Good deal. All right. So uh, head on over to DynastyOwner.com. He can show you the way. He, and just you know, follow him on Twitter. Follow all of us. Our links are in the description. Probably Bob would be able to tell you that better than I would. So let's talk about our last prospect of the day. And I believe this is our first tight end prospect of the offseason if i'm correct and that's Jalen weidermeyer a lot of people's tight end number one he's from texas a&m six foot five 255 pounds 21 years old the four-star recruit 40 catches for 515 yards and four touchdowns so he averaged 12.9 yards per reception and he's projected to go in the second round of the nfl draft which i actually i like that a lot pork why don't we start with you on Jalen weidermeyer yeah, uh, Jalen Watermeyer, just um, like Mike said, this is one of the first tight ends. I, actually, one of the first players I scouted this year. Uh, Nate gave me a random list. I was like, I'll just start with this guy. Um, when I looked at the film, I actually really liked 
his receiving work. Uh, he has really strong hands. I think he's going to be a really good target in the red zone. Uh, my only problem is I think he's going to be, at this point, he's going to be like one of them slot tight ends. Um, I know I talked to Nate, and he said he was brought in to be a blocking tight end. But every time I looked at film, he just kept getting blown up. And to me, if you was 6'5", 255, you shouldn't be getting blown up at all. I, I just don't get it. But um, I think that might hinder him a little bit um, with getting on the field. Because uh, I think we saw a similar thing to Mike Gusecki. Um, He wasn't able to block at all when he first came up. So he had to, he needed a little bit of time to, um, to, to get that part down. Because we all know he was like super athletic. Um, but for me, Jalen Watermeyer, I had him as a grade, a really good grade, to be honest with you, um, as a 5.67, as like a serviceable, in between a serviceable, a good starter. But the only thing that brought him down for me was his run blocking. But I feel like his speed and burst was adequate enough for his size. Um, his his release shows good uh, quickness off the release. It's pretty basic, but he really does get the job done. But his hands, to me, that's just his best attribute. Um didn't see me uh, concentration drops or anything, but um, like I said, red zone target type of guy, and uh, uh, that's that blocking thing that just bothers me the most. I, I'm gonna just keep bringing that up because it was just it was just horrible for me to watch, just to see a tight end that good at catching the ball, and then when he's a down lineman, it was just three point stance. It was just wasn't it wasn't wasn't good for me. Before all of you go out there and trash Porkman and I on Twitter or anywhere else because we're talking about blocking and blockings don't get you fantasy points. We know we're aware, but they get you on the field. And when you're on the field, you have an opportunity to score points. That's how it works. Who wants to talk about Widermeyer next Nate or show Nate, you put your hand up. All right, go for it, my man. I don't know what you guys are talking about with this bad blocking. I know you guys all are making it a big deal. Fire up the YouTube comments. I just don't see it. I don't see a bad blocker. I think it's an area that he could improve in, but I think uh, he could get a bit better leverage, you know, with his size. But I think he does find enough as a blocker for me. He also had played a lot of blocking snaps, which you don't always see a lot of tight ends play. Um, so I think the experience there is good there as well. I actually had this guy as my tight end one. I have him ranked just about as high as Pat Fryermuth was last year. I, I'm really high on Jalen Weidemeyer. I think he's going to be – uh, you know, second round draft capital, like it says here, I'd really like to see him go to like the Dallas Cowboys. Dalton Schultz is a free agent. I would love to see Weidermeyer on the Cowboys. I think he, his ability as a red zone target, as well as his ability to get down the field and break open the scene, uh, make him a player that teams are going to want to target and make him a player that isn't going to take three years to become a fantasy asset in, as a tight end. I think he's going to get into the NFL and get on the field pretty quickly. He has good physicality. I love, you know, his size is great. You know, you look at the tight ends who have really dominated in football and they're all this size. So I think Weidemeyer, he's been doing it since his freshman year. He walked on the field as a true freshman and dominated in the SEC. That is one thing I'm never going to turn away from because that is so impressive. He came in as the second recruit on his team at tight end. The guy in front of him got an injury in the preseason and Weidemeyer stepped up and became an instant contributor for that team. Texas A&M is a top 10, top 15 college football team over the past couple of years. And he was one of the main offensive threats since, since he was 18. So Weidemeyer is the man. I don't get the hate. I don't get people dropping him down, especially outside of his top five. This guy's my tight end one. And I don't think anyone else is going to get anywhere close to him. 
I didn't say I hated him. I just hate his run blocking. That's <laughs> everything else is awesome. It's just to just to me from the film that I see, it's just he's not gonna be out of the top five. He's probably like one or two for me. It's just the, the blocking thing for me is just a glaring issue. Chev, before we get to you, I also before people are too hard on us in the comments, just keep in mind, uh, we do have full-time jobs. We do not have access to all 22 film. So if anyone does have access to that and they want to set us up, reach out to me on Twitter at Rewind CEO. My email is mjbauer85 at gmail.com. If you have all 22 access and when you want us to put our money where our mouth is so we could all be on the same page, by all means, we would love to have it. Chev, what are your thoughts on Jalen Weidermeyer? Oh, man. Jalen Weidermeyer. I just don't see it, boys. Maybe that's because I'm a Bears fan and we just draft tight ends like crazy. And, <laughs> you know, I'm just soured by the position. But if this is our number one tight end going into this class, I am going to be passing. I'll let you guys have him for sure. I just don't see it. I think he has decent hands. I think he has decent routes, but I think he gets caught up at the line too much. I think he tries to get too physical with the people that are trying to guard him and he gets caught up. I don't know. I just don't see it. Maybe he could be a red zone guy. Maybe he is the next Dawson Knox that's catching touchdowns like crazy. Maybe maybe that's your guy. But I am not on the Jalen Weidemeyer trade. And, I mean, I hope it works out. I hope it works out for you guys, but I am passing. All right. See, and again, this is what makes us great. We're all going to have different opinions. Um, you know, for me, I'm kind of in the same boat as Pork. You know, what I love – I think he's a good route runner. He has great hands. He catches like a wide receiver. Yeah. And, and it looks like he's going to be a mismatch. If no matter who he goes up against with his size, you know, six foot five, 255 pounds, super physical at the catch point. But I think, all right. So physical at the catch point, And then I put C below because physicality is below, below that while he's physical at the catch point, he needs to be more physical after the catch. He will straight up go up there and maul somebody for the ball. And then after the catch, it's just kind of like, eh. I feel like he could just do a little bit more. Um, yeah, you know what? He's not a bad run blocker, Nate, but he's not a great run blocker either. He needs work. He routinely gets pushed back and breaks his block off too early. There's a lot of times where his he's a signed guy. He breaks his block off, and that guy now chases the running back down and makes a tackle. So these are things that if you're going to break your block off early – if the running back's going this way, you can't just block him for a second here because that guy's fast enough to turn around and catch him. You have to block him like over that way. These are just fundamentals that I was taught when I was in football. Um, I know it was a long time ago. So that being said, <laughs> he's, my, wow. he's my tight end too. I'm not dropping him out of my top five. You know, I'm not hating on him as much as Chev is. My tight end too, um, Trey McBride from Colorado State is my current tight end one. My film score on him is 5.89, and that's serviceable to, you know, teetering on good starter. But I do think a lot of the things that he has an issue with, with good coaching, can be cleaned up relatively quickly. With, yeah, I mean, we're talking about within his first year, from his first to second year, I could see him taking a massive leap, you know, between rookie camp and the start of his second season. Big leaps for Jalen Weidemeyer. So I almost have a Pro Bowl grade on Weidemeyer. Well, almost. you can miss me with that because you're wilding. You started good and you ended freaking terrible. Me or Nate? <laughs> no, you. Mike. Okay. Let me yeah. give real quick before we move on for Weidemeyer. Sure. 
Um, let me give you three teams that he, I think he could he could land on and be and do well. Okay. Okay. I want, I want you guys' opinions. Seahawks. Mm-hmm. It de- you know what? It depends on what Russ does this year. Mm-hmm. But I could if Russ is there and the the core is intact, yes. Because uh, what's his name? Only signed a one year contract. Jail Everett. Everett. Yeah. Okay. Titans. I don't know because they use random tight ends all the time. You don't know who the freak to because start because they don't have John U. Smith anymore. I, I know, but it was supposed not to be that first wide is John U. Smith, but yeah, well, yeah, and they they draft him in the second round, and hey, they have a legit tight end. The Patriots barely have John U. Smith. He didn't do anything this last year. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Last but not least, the Jets. Yeah, Kenny Yabo out of there. Yeah, bro. they have Kenny Yabo because they don't need Jalen Watermeyer. Get out of here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. yeah, I could see him being um being like a Dallas Goddard where he also gets drafted behind someone and then you have to wait a little bit and it just frustrates the hell out of everybody. You, you know, a situation like that, like the Rams draft him and now all of a sudden he's behind Tyler Higby and everyone's just angry about it. Yeah. So you know, my my thing with him is I don't want to see him go somewhere like and just end up like the next Irv Smith either. Yeah. Just get that would probably be there. the Vikings. The Vikings seem like a Titan right Purgatory. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. For sure. So does anyone have anything else to add to Jalen Widemar? I know Chev doesn't. No. I'm good. <laughs> All right, then let's move on. We're going to talk about some running backs to avoid in 2022. Before we do, I just want to mention that thank you to all of our Patreons over on Patreon.com. Make sure you sign up today, Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. All sorts of great exclusive content over there. So come check us out. We would love to see you there. So uh, today we are talking running backs to avoid in 2022 Dynasty Fantasy Football. So the name of the game is here. No rookies that we're avoiding. We're going to get into guys that we're on and off of um, throughout the rest of this offseason. So these are guys that we don't want to trade for. Uh, we don't want to acquire in a startup draft either. So, uh, Nate, you are first on the sheet here. Let's start with you today. Which running back are you avoiding? Yeah, so I'm going to avoid – I think this is probably a pretty easy, easy answer. I was trying to go through the players I could pick for this, and unfortunately I was like, got to go with the easy one here. And it's, it's Ezekiel Elliott. Um now, I, I saw Kevin today tweet that, you know, if you're looking to sell Kevin uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you should have done it two years ago. I get that. But, hey, over the past two years, Elliott's been a top six or seven running back both year. Uh, might have been very frustrating at times, but he ended up, you know, giving you plenty of production. Going forward, I know I played with the injury at the end of the year, and maybe you can sell him to a team that's like, oh, well, he got the injury. He'll be better next year. He, he might, he might have, a, I could see Zeke still, you know, eking in a RB one year next year on volume, but I don't think Zeke is just at the efficiency level that he used to be at. You know, he used to be one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL plus with a ton of volume. Now he's kind of turning into that volume back where he just doesn't have the athleticism still to break those tackles and have those long runs. I mean, I don't know what his longest run of the year was, but I doubt he had many runs over 20 yards. Um, he just wasn't the same Zeke this year that we saw before. Now, 
he's probably going to be the easiest guy to sell because currently right now on keep trade cut, he's RB25. Everyone's down on Zeke. And if I was trying to trade Zeke, I would not trade him now. Uh, I'd give it a, a couple months. I know rookie fever's going up, but Zeke will come back around. The, the Cowboys aren't going to trade a running back, trade for a running back or draft a running back. They got Pollard behind Zeke, so they're happy there. Zeke's going to go back up before the season because he'll be the starter. But I want to trade before the season starts because I don't think Zeke is going to blow us away. I think Pollard's going to keep turning in some yards, taking some of that snap share away, even more so than we saw this year. And we're going to see kind of the beginning of the end for Zeke in 2022, I think. He's got the contract, but hey, people know how to manipulate the cap. They know how to get a contracts. I think Zeke's probably good for one more year. Then after that, we're going to be going to be looking around. And, you know, being at RB25 doesn't give you a ton of players you could trade for, especially in the RB position. But on the other side, I think you have some other players you can trade them for that aren't running backs. I mean, around here, if you're in a tight end premium, you could, it looks like you could trade them for maybe Dallas Goddard. You could get some wide receivers with some upside who are young. Uh, maybe a, a, a package of picks, you know, maybe not the top, top picks, but I think you use Zeke to get yourself some depth, get yourself a little bit younger and swing for some upside because if you're not selling by the end of this off season, you're really missing the last window to sell Zeke for a good value. So I did check his longest run of the year was 47 yards. Yeah. Um, and in the postseason, he had 12 carries for 31 yards. So he averaged 2.6 yards per carry against the 49ers. Good so, defense, but not great. Yeah, I mean, he did pretty well against the Eagles practice squad last game of the year, 18 carries for 87 yards for 4.8 yards per carry. So kudos to you. All right. Uh, also, I agree. He's a guy that I'm avoiding unless I can get super cheap, which I still think people are going to value him highly if they have him. Um, so Chev, I'm actually – I was looking at the show sheet and you know, you had said you were excited about my, I actually changed my guy. So I do apologize. Well, as I was researching it, I talked myself into him to be honest with you. So, um, okay, good. good. The guy that you're avoiding, I'm curious about this, but I, I want to hear your thoughts. So Chev, who are you avoiding this off season? Yeah. So this guy is an absolute beast, but I think time to sell is right now. He's turning 28 years old. He's in an offense that loves to use him, but I don't know how much longer that will be. I mean, once you get to 28, I feel like you are going to be pretty capped. I feel like if you're going to – you're either going to ride this guy or you're going to sell him away, and this is the guy that I'm trying to sell away. And Derrick Henry is an absolute stud muffin, but he doesn't have that much longer to go. I mean, I don't see him playing into 31, 32 years old. I mean, the amount of usage that this, this guy has seen throughout his career in college in the NFL, the dude has been used and abused. And what he has done is remarkable uh, throughout his career in the NFL so far. I mean, in the beginning of his career, he wasn't used to his best abilities. And then they found out, hey, let's put the team on this guy's back and let's run the damn football. And that's what they started to do. And we have seen the potential that he had uh, in his early, early years in his career. I love Derrick Henry. I think he is one of the best running backs in the NFL, but you need to get some trade assets for him, I believe, right now. I mean, if you're a contending team, you're probably hanging on to him, just hoping that they keep running him to the ground. But if I'm a team that's middle of the pack or uh, in either lower tier of the, the league, 
I'm trying to get out and get as much assets as I can for him. I think you can get a lot for him. I mean, just look at the usage. That, uh, that alone will be enough to sell him away for a good haul. Um, I'm just worried about how much he has been used and how old he has become. He is the one of the best running backs in the NFL, and they started to use him a little bit more in the passing game as well. So, I mean, that's that's a bonus for him, but I don't know if that's what they're going to be doing uh, moving forward. So I love Derrick Henry. I think he's an absolute stud, but I think now is the time to sell before maybe that injury causes more problems in the future as well. Okay. Chev, I, I get it, and I understand your skepticism entirely. Yeah. I can't say I disagree with you. Um, All right. So, Pork, you have another good one too. Yeah, yeah. man. Um. This guy, to me, was a workhorse back, and he was getting all the touches because there was nobody behind him. Um, he would get hurt from time to time. Jamal Williams would take a little bit of his work. But when he comes back, he would have the full backfield. Now he has another running back back there that they drafted, gave him second-round draft capital, and he's going ham. Uh, my guy's Aaron Jones, unfortunately – I have to say that A.J. Dillon has been playing very well this year because Bob beat me in this Van Jefferson bit. But I will give him props for that. Um, it's crazy because A.J. Dillon led the team in rushing yards this year, even though um, Aaron Jones, he did have some injuries and he had some good games. But back in the day, Aaron Jones was very touchdown. He was, he was not really touchdown dependent because he was giving you yards as well, but he was giving you those touchdowns on top of them yards and the receiving work. Now they're splitting receiving work with A.J. Dillon, which he was only 70 or 60 yards behind Aaron Jones, which is wild because we would never have thought that a power back was going to get that that many receptions out of the backfield other than <laughs> other than um, Aaron Jones. So for me, you know, he is like Chev was saying, Aaron Jones is turning 28 this year as well as well as Derrick Henry. And we have a younger running back behind him. He's getting touches. He's learning how to run the ball very well, and I don't think that I don't think that Aaron Rodgers, me personally, is going anywhere. So if he sees he has this guy that he trusts out the backfield to throw the ball to, who's going to run people over and, and run the ball the right way, where's that leave Aaron Jones? And that, that's that's my biggest issue for him. So I, I would avoid him at all costs. Um, I probably wouldn't trade for him, and if you have him, you can try to sell him off a of namesake, sell him to a Packers fan. That's not Bob because Bob actually agrees with me on this one because he loves uh because he loves AJ Dillon. So yeah, for me, I gotta let that let that one slide. And you know, sorry, Bob, you were right. So I know you're gonna look at this video. <laughs> saying saying Bob was right, that's dirty, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough, right? So Porky's avoiding Aaron Jones. Might follow you on that one, too. So let's get to the last one here. You know, it's a shame, too. Came in with so much promise as a rookie in 2018. Since then, he's been a depreciating value. As much as I hate to say it, I am a Penn State fan. Um, my guy is Saquon Barkley that I am avoiding. You know, you look at his stat line uh, from last year, 593 rush yards, 263 receiving yards. Total touchdowns, four. For a guy that a lot of people were still considering to be the running back two overall, top five possibly. Yeah. I mean, you look at his his yards, uh, thirteen hundred in two thousand eighteen with seven hundred twenty one receiving yards. So he's over two thousand yards in one season, a thousand yards rushing in nineteen, four hundred thirty eight receiving. 
he tore his ACL in 2020. So we'll give him a wash there. But last year, 593 rush yards, 263 receiving yards behind a bad offensive line that doesn't look like it's getting any better. Now you have a new coach coming in, so a new system, potentially a new quarterback. Things aren't looking good. And when we consider the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit here too. And I'm just looking at ADP. So we're going to look at it from a startup standpoint. He's coming off the board as the 21st player picked. And this is DLF's January startups, okay? Immediately after him, let me ask you guys this. Would you rather have long-term Saquon Barkley or T. Higgins? T. Higgins. Could we all say T. Higgins, right? Yeah. Saquon Barkley or Stephon Diggs was three picks after him. Probably Stephon Diggs. Diggs. Saquon Barkley is an easy one for for Nate or J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I'll take J.K. Yeah. We could even go down Saquon Barkley or Antonio Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) The problem is with Saquon is his team around him. Like, I'm more That's worried nice. about his crappy team. I, I feel like he can come back from the ACL. I mean, you usually don't see an ACL injury come back the next season, just absolutely ball out. So I think there's potential to grow from that. But it did not look good at all, not once this season, where I was just like, man, Saquon's really back. Saquon's really going to carry this team because he couldn't. There's no way yeah. he, he can't do that with the Giants right now. There no wide receivers. Everybody has been hurt. Quarterback play mm-hmm. has not been the greatest. Kenny Galladay, where you at, bro? I'm glad I put you as an avoid this last season, man. <laughs> Zero touchdowns, <laughs> garbage. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, Saquon. I really want him to go somewhere else, but man, I don't. I don't even know how long. I don't even know what his contract looks like, and I'm sure it's not not looking great. And it's one of those things, like you said. I believe in his talent, but that opportunity around him is not getting any better. And that's why I have to avoid him as much as it hurts me to do so. Nate, did you have something you wanted to add? Yeah, so I'm looking over here at Keep Trade Cut. And right next to each other in rankings, they have Saquon Barkley and Derrick Henry. Who are you taking? Boy. Derrick Henry. I'll probably take Derrick Henry. I mean, I know he's, I know he's older, but the team around him is better. <laughs> That one's tough. Yeah, I have to go with Henry too. You're, you're killing Chev here. Yeah, this is tough for me because what I just talked about. Because I mean, Saquon's 24 years old, but I see Derrick Henry having two more years of great success, and he's definitely somebody I could trade for more along the way. Um, yeah, he got one more year left on his deal. He's a free agent in 2023. Who is Saquon? Saquon, yeah. Think he resigns with the Giants? Uh, I wouldn't shoot unless <laughs> they does. unless they fix it unless they fix everything this year because they already got rid of uh, mm-hmm. old man Gettleman and Joe Judge crying so so yeah maybe if you get some new get some new uh, blood in there and they can change the culture and actually know how to scout offensive linemen correctly and don't draft guys like uh, Will Herman Gomez and sign an old Nate Solder they they will be fine. But that's like Chef said, that's the biggest issue. If you get the ball and somebody's in your face constantly all game, what do you expect the man to do coming off of an ACL injury? It's it's not fair to him that we're avoiding him. We're avoiding him not because of him. It's because it's freaking team. Team freaking stinks. 
the time it takes for him to get to a new team and get acclimated, Derrick Henry could have won you a championship. To be yeah. and you could have sold him and you could have started to rebuild towards your next championship run. That's why I'm avoiding Saquon Barkley because there are some people we can, we can wait for our fourth round rookie picks to pan out, but you cannot consistently wait for the guy that's supposed to be the 102 in startup drafts to pan out. At some point, you have to move on. And you know what? If I'm wrong about this and he has a good year, good because I like Saquon Barkley. But if I'm right, then it's unfortunate. I hope I don't hope the Giants turn around because I'm an Eagles fan. Personally, I hope that they continue to be a black hole in a cesspool. But it's just I don't see things getting better anytime soon in New York. I think the Jets might have a better season this year than the Giants do. Because they're I not going to be that. starting Jake Fromm. <laughs> so, and by the way, Jake Fromm should never start an NFL game again. Ever. Okay. He shouldn't have started. That was a bad decision to begin with. Terrible. 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 <laughs> Bring back Cardale Jones instead of Jake Fromm. At least he could throw a football. So <laughs> that's just as bad. <laughs> He's got to be smart. So before we head out of here, I just want to say thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we had some rookie breakdowns. We talked about some running backs to avoid. So before we go, Chef, you have something for us tonight? I do. It's going to be in Psalms 133.1. It says, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. I mean, this alone speaks for itself. When we all are together and we all come together as one, I mean, we've seen our nation crumble at times due to terrorist attacks or whatnot. But when we come together and we come as one, we're almost unstoppable. And I think in a world today, where maybe we don't check up on our brothers and sisters, where we don't maybe uh, truly care about the other people around us. That's where I think we're getting into trouble, and that's where our harmony tears apart. I mean, I think the country right now is in a place where we are not living together. We're kind of living separate from each other, excluded from what's going on in each other's lives. I encourage you to check in on your people, check in how they're doing, because uh, I think once we get to that harmony part of our lives where we can all come together and and be one that's when we're going to see the growth and the success of our nation and for the people around us that just shows that we want the best for them and if you're wishing the not the best on others around you i mean i obviously everybody wants that one promotion or they want uh to one up other people to be better but that's not how uh, you're going to be successful. To be successful, you got to want success for the people around you, and you're going to have to come together as a team. I've never been on a championship team that wants the other person to fail. You become a family, and that's how you start to win. All right, Chev. Great words from a great man. Of course, you say that to root for people around you, as I, right after I say, I hope the New York Giants don't get better and they're a black hole in a cesspool. So, um, <laughs> Okay. I should have went to you first. So until next week, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, make sure you check out our Patreon and our awesome Notion database. Got a lot of great stuff there, and we have more coming. So for Chev, Nate, Pork, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Until next time, everybody, be kind. Please remind. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Take us out of here. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.